Yeah, okay, so we've recorded now, yeah? Yes. So first of all, um, Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's right. Yeah, thank you. It's such an honor for you to be here. And well, welcome back everyone to a brand new episode of the podcast. And today I am joined by Ireland's Minister for Disability and Rabbit, based in Dublin. So welcome. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. And so how did you become interested in disability rights? Like, how did you? I suppose I'd always uh, an interest in equality and people's rights, equal rights, um, regardless of a person's ability. So I, from an early age, I would have been a strong advocate. So yeah, disabilities was part and parcel of it. I grew up in a, a small rural town where we had day centers, where we had respite houses, and people with disabilities were part and parcels of our community. So I grew up with a, a, a strong awareness from an early age. And so what does your work as Minister with Disabilities entail? Um, it's very, very broad because you are looking at everything from policy making to securing funding, um, to looking at everything from the early years um, to, to primary, post-primary, and third level, housing, health, employment, uh, and cultural issues. It covers absolutely everything. So, um, and disabilities, there's, everybody's disability is very different. So it's a very broad brief, but they have common threads, be it in education, housing, employment, health, and they've common threads where people seek rights of access to or inclusion of. And so, what advancements have you seen during your career as an advocate for those with disabilities? Like what changes have you helped implement? Have you like seen any changes in attitudes? In yeah, I suppose really some of the changes that they require funding and I've been fortunate to secure that funding through my colleague, Minister Michael McGrath in the Department of Deeper. So funding would be, because, I came into this position just as we, COVID was not five months old when I arrived in this position. So like people with disabilities were having an incredibly hard time. There was a lot of lockdown was having a huge impact, but at the same time we saw where we had a lack of capacity and that was to do with our respite houses. So we have been building a lot of additional um, houses to support young people and their families so it was depending on the level of complexities that they could be supported in a dis, uh, in a, a home away from home environment. I've also put a lot of investment into PA um, support so that persons can live a, a more independent life and access third level um, in, employment and live independently. Living independently and supported living is a piece I believe has been a huge barrier in the past. So I've put funding in there and um, and I also have an autism innovation strategy. We've just finished the consultation, hoping to have a draft piece on the autism innovation strategy by next December. And there's a lot of work going on um, across all sectors of a disability. Yeah, and according to, well, I read an article that um, the, 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 um, I, the chair for the Irish Human Rights and Equality Committee, Emily Logan, she stated that workplace discrimination towards people with disabilities was still quite prevalent and that the former Taoiseach, 
Leo Varadkar, he said that he knew that the government needed to do more to combat discrimination. So if you if you can, could you tell us like what you've done to Yes, so very, very simply, there's a, there's a, new, a number of steps involved in that um, because you are working within the pub. You talk, when you talk about employment, you talk about employment in the voluntary sector, employment in the voluntary community, you talk about it in the private sector, and you also talk about it within the public sector. So at the moment, our rate within the public sector is very, very low. It's only 3%. So we have a piece of legislation going through the House, as the House being the doll, currently as we speak, which will mandate the state to increase the, the rate of participation of persons with disability in the workforce in the public sector from 3% to 6%. And that will be here by September. So that's, that's doubling it, which is, which is massive. The next piece we're doing then is Make, make Work Pay. The T-shirt, Michal Martin, launched that um, over a year ago. Make Work Pay is to encourage persons with disability back into the workforce, but also to encourage and give support to employers, um, be it that awareness, be it the accommodation, and be it the enabling to support a person to return to work. That is ongoing and a huge amount of investment has gone in there from the Taunish's department, the, the Leo Radker for Enterprise, lot there in support of the businesses. Uh, and at the same time, that's where I join him with extra PA support if people need a PA to return to work. Uh, and the other piece then is um, the Open Doors um, initiative, where we've done an awful lot of awareness training and working with our third level colleges as well. So we're going across a huge range of areas to encourage. And I suppose one piece where a huge investment went into was the Ability Programme, very successful programme funded by LEADER. 2,800 persons with disability participate on it. And we got an extension for an 18 months. So that's a little whistle top steward, Joshua, of what we're doing in employment. Yeah, and so like, and so, like, have you promoted like any specific type of terminology? Because one of the big things to found the show is like disability terminology and how simply knowing what term to refer to someone with a disability by has been well it makes a huge difference. So, do you try to promote termino any specific type of terminology at all? Yeah, language matters absolutely, um, and that's all part of supporting the employer and the staff that's part of the awareness and the training for that be it the public sector or the private sector um, to be how more inclusive uh, and how to, to to have proper language language really does matter uh, and sometimes people don't realize the value of, of language unless you are the person that has the disability okay. uh, and once you create that awareness it's amazing um, how people are more inclusive in and more observant in how they they ensure that people with disabilities can participate. And so has Ireland done anything to sort of work with the European partners, global partners? Like have you tried to implement the UN CRPD or the European Convention of Human Rights? Yeah the, the, yeah, the UN CRPD. So one of the steps was ratified um, and we are making huge strides to have it fully enacted so as we can get to the stage where the optional protocol is part and parcel 
uh, of life here in Ireland. One of the steps is the assisted decision-making capacity bill. As I said, it's making its way through the houses at the moment. Um, we're not going to have it finished this side of recess. We will continue with it in September. That's a huge, huge, complex piece of um, legislation. Um, and with that, we will be putting in place the decision support services, um, which actually looks at the capacity of people to make their own decisions, their own will and preference. The voice of the person with a disability is front and centre. And the various ranges of capacity are, are acknowledged within. That, that, that to me is a huge piece. Uh, and then from that piece of legislation being enacted, we, we always said after that then, we would look to the optional protocol thereafter. Yeah, and so do you try to raise awareness of the UN Day of Disability on the 3rd of December? Like, do you try to promote it in schools and promote education around absolutely. this? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's working with all our partners in the disability field and across education and higher education. Um, we're very fortunate that we have such a strong, it's not just a government-led or state-led HSC that delivers disability. We're very fortunate. We have fantastic partners um, in supporting, be it from the voluntary uh, and community side or the, the religious side, that support us in the delivery of education, like or of disability. Like there's 37,000 people work in the disability sector here in Ireland, supporting people with disabilities. And they're complex needs, a lot of those, um, but it tells you the very base level that we have. That's before we go into our local authorities, whereas we have disability and inclusion officers where we go into our local sports clubs where we have inclusion officers. So we run a team right across Ireland of inclusion, awareness, participation, and the rights, the understanding the rights of people to participate and be included. Yeah, and so, like, have you supported, like, initiatives to raise awareness both, well, even, like, that were started by people living outside of Ireland, but wanted to bring them to Ireland. Like, for example, a friend and I, we started this, art program like here here in Switzerland when we where we first met in high school and it's designed to help like children and young people with disabilities express themselves in artistic ways so do you think that this these sort of outside initiatives could be beneficial to Ireland and to your work? Absolutely uh, and art is such an expressive format and I pointed to KCAT in Kilkenny where persons with disabilities, artists work in a common space with very renowned artists and they share that working environment, um, that, that studio. And I, we, we assist in the funding of it so as that people with disabilities with an interest in art can participate. The same way people in theatre, um, we have a number of theatre groups right around Ireland, particularly where I come from in Galway, we have the little blue teapot. So yes, I do think um, it's very important for artist groups, theatre groups to partner with our other European colleagues of that shared experience because it's quite a, a small cohort, okay? And it's important that we work across um, the various states to deliver a, a really unified message of awareness on disability at, an, a, at a European and an international level. Okay, well, 
Once again, thank you, Mr. Rabbit, for being on this being on this show today. And well, if you'd like to learn more about um, disability in our like disability culture and what the Eructus has done to raise awareness about disability, and could they go? Could the audience go to anywhere? Any either, any links I could put in the description box? Yes, um, I, um, um, the, the Independent Living Movement of Ireland do an awful lot of work with awareness. The Disability Federation do an awful lot of work in, in relation to Ireland on that. The Comprehensive Employment Strategy and the NDIS. There are two strategy groups, the National Disability Inclusion Strategy. But, but we have so many DPOs as well, disability persons organisations, which is wonderful because... Um, they all have their voice as well, which is recognised nothing, um, nothing about us without us with the lived experience. So there's various DPOs as well there, but they're the main groups I'm after citing there to you. Okay, well, thank you. And please like, leave, share, be review, share this episode with your friends. All Bye. right, thank you indeed. Okay, okay. stop recording.